Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the show, episode 405. It's Valentine's Day, and uh, I'm excited for today's guest. He's the head coach at Little Rock, Neil Ayersman. Neil, welcome to the show, man. How you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. Looks like you uh, really upgraded the studio big time. Yes, yes. Upgraded the facility. Uh, this is like the second or third, I think, show I've done in this in this new spot. So thanks for noticing. Uh, and, and speaking of upgrades, like you and your team every year, just continuing to, to like, you know, upgrade, right. And, and probably how you're doing the results. Um, where are you? And I think you're five years in, where are you right now compared to, you know, if I just said on, on day one, this is where your team's at now. Is this where you expected a little further ahead? Not even close to where you thought you'd be or want to be at this point. Yeah. I, I, you know, this was a goal. Um, and it was an expectation, but there was a lot of times and, and during the last, you know, five years that this didn't seem attainable. And so, you know, I think that, that we're here, uh, and, and we're, where we wanted to be, um, where we thought we would be. I think that, you know, coming into this year, we knew it was attainable, but, um, you know, it wasn't something we hadn't come close to accomplishing yet. So I think we're a little ahead of schedule and, uh, but, but right on the standard. Yeah. And you said, uh, it's funny. You said there were some times where I didn't, didn't know if it was attainable or if we could get there. Can you maybe point to some of those moments, uh, those tough spots? I'm sure you had plenty of them, right? Where you're like, dang, like, I don't know. If, I'm sure there's times you question, is it, are we going to be able to get anything going here? There- yeah. I mean, you know, we, we had one division one win year two, we had no year one. And then we, I think we only had one year three. And I think at that point I was like, man, what, like, you know, what am I doing wrong? And we roll into year four and we've done some really good recruiting. And, um, man, we lost so many close matches last year that, like, we would have been in the same position, you know. Like, it, we, we, were, we were walking away from duels going, holy smokes. Like, if we just had these, you know, we lost five matches and, and you know, four of them were in overtime. One was by one point and we lost all of these moments, you know, and – I think that was a tough, tough, you know, a tough year. I think that was, uh, uh, you know, year four was like, what, you know, we've come this far, we're so close, what are we doing wrong? And it was just really us having been through the process and understanding that our older guys, everything they've, everything they've done was for the first time, right? And so that, you know, I think coming into this year, we had high hopes that they were going to turn that corner 
And then our young guys, we're going to really, really help pave the way with, um, you know, getting new wins earlier, getting new accomplishments earlier and, and, and kind of, you know, that, that growth of the young guys, you know, helping pave the way, but the, the old guys, you know, buying into what we're doing. And um, I think that really kind of apexed it to this point this year. It's funny because I talked to so many coaches and, you, and, and coaches that are built, you know, in the process of turning a program around or building a program or, or wanting to, you know, to do something special. And you, you, there's a common thread of that. Like we lost five matches, four more overtime, and one was by a point and the other one, you know, we got reversed at the last second. And, and it's like, what are we doing wrong? Really? I think it's just time. And like you said, experience and these, you know, the more times that your guys do it, the, the, the more reps they get, the, the more success they're going to have. And so uh, there are always those, those um, setbacks or, or moments where it's like, golly, can we do it? But there's also the opposite, right? There's the, there's the defining moment. There's, the, the, there's that, that key win, whether it's an individual or, or a team or, or a performance at, at a tournament. And can you point to any, like, um, defining moments so far for your program? Yeah, you know, I think um, there's a few. I think last year – we saw a lot of promise because you got a guy like Stephen Little who's a true freshman going and I think he took third at the, at the scuffle or, you know, third or fourth and, uh, you know, in a pretty tough weight class, uh, you know, I think that gave the guys a lot of energy. Uh, and then rolling into this year, um, we had a pretty good tiger style tournament, which is the beginning of the year, uh, you know, had a couple champs, you know, beat a couple top ranked guys. And I think that really brought a lot of energy and excitement to our team. But I really think the defining moment was we were um, we were at Drexel wrestling Drexel and Clarion, and you're wrestling two tough PA teams that are, you know, traditionally just got some good kids on the team. You're in the heart of wrestling country, and we went up there and we pushed through a lot of hard matches and we scored a lot of points, and um, you know we kind of rolled. and And at that point, our guys came back and we were like, we're different. We have never been in a duel where we've been wrestling these, you know, these types of teams. And, you know, we might have came out on top. We might not have. But a duel where we pushed through those moments and we scored bonus points and we beat a lot of really good seasoned guys that, uh, you know, have, have, have been wrestling at a high level for a long time. And I remember going back in the, in, in the locker room at Drexel and, and I looked at Coach Hobby and I was like, we've never done that before. I was like, we're different. And – um, what we got going right now can be pretty special. So uh, we got to keep encouraging them to, to, to focus on the things that make us us. And I think that was, you know, I, I, I think that was a really big turning point for my young guys, uh, recognizing what those hard moments are in a match and how we got to wrestle through them. And for our older guys to really thrive in that situation where they have, it's always been 50-50 or, you know, they won 40% of the time, but they blew right through that moment. And you're like, I went back to the, to the locker room and, and told Coach Javi, what, we've never done that before, something like that. What, did, you, did you turn around, or was that in front of the team? Or, or you know, did you communicate that to the team? Like, guys, we are, we're, we're doing something here we've never done before, and Pat, well, however, you, however you got to it. Uh, I mean, 100%. I mean, we, you know, I remember I had that conversation with him. It was just a brief, like, you know, 10-second conversation. And then kind of my word to the team was, what we did today was different. And if we don't start protecting that by focusing on the processes of winning with the, you know, focusing on scoring points, um, 
you know, we can lose that really quick. And so I, you know, I just challenged them. I was like, today we created an edge and now it's time to build on the edge and protect that edge by, by, by continuing every single day to really focus on those things. And, um, they've, they responded to that challenge really well. And, and we really didn't look back after that. Yeah. Would you, would you say that, was that a turning point maybe for, for the individuals and the program, like a, like a confidence boost thing that was like, all right, we're not this startup thing anymore. We're, we're this program that's, that's pushing and thriving. I think it was a huge confidence boost. I also think it was a turning point in the sense of the conversations that we were having with the guys are now changing, right? Um, you know, you push through it once, you know what it feels like. That's just the tip of the iceberg. That's just the beginning of what you're capable of if you continue to 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 believe in, in, in wrestling through those moments. So um, I really loved being able to have those conversations. Okay, now, you know, now we got to keep building on, you know, hey, our top game, our bottom game. Um, and we got to come in every day with that type of mentality and attitude to replicate it, you know, 25 more matches over this year. So um, huge turning point, huge moment just to build off of. And I think it showed the path of how we could jump levels really quick uh, and, and, and how we can be successful really quick if we just continue down this road. Well, maybe, maybe in the book 20 years from now about Little Rock Wrestling, that, that's one of those moments where it's like uh, not only did that, that was the tip of the iceberg on how far you could push, it's the tip of the iceberg on like what Little Rock could become. And, and this year is just a, maybe a glimpse into, into the future. Um, so ho hopefully, hopefully for you guys, that's the case. I, I, I am curious, you know, we're, we're talking about coaching and where you're at and where you've gotten to and where you, where you want to go. Like looking back years ago, what, when did you know you wanted to coach? Was it a moment in high, you know, high school under John Smith? Was it, uh, uh, anywhere in between earlier than that, later than that, when you like, I want to coach wrestling, man, I, I know that I, I know that exact moment. And I, you know, I spent my first two years right out of Oklahoma state. I was in a grad assistant position coaching, loved it. Um, I think I loved the winning part of it. Um, I, I, I didn't, it was, it, it was all about winning. Right. And when I went to Stillwater high, that's when it became about coaching. That's when it became about, building student athletes um, because we had a team that, you know, we finished the year top 10 and, you know, I think we ended up having four or five all Americans go on, you know, you know, at, at Oklahoma state and uh, a couple other schools. And, uh, but we had to build a team to win a team title. And I just remember, you know, watching guys like Cade Brock and going, man, that inspires me to want to help him reach his goals. Um, you know, the way that he showed up every day and uh, just attacked his practices and his life like that fired me up. But what all, but but what really stood out to me was the guys that you had to build relationships with that were just there to be on the team. Right. And and I didn't want to be the coach that. Um, that just coached the good guys and, you know, hope the other guys could do the best. I wanted to build a team where. You know, we had 14 guys going to the state tournament, 14 guys placing like that's the, those are the things that I wanted to help them accomplish. And building those relationships was 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 really cool because you're helping guys who, you know, maybe they've only wrestled a few years or maybe they wrestled their whole life and haven't had success and 
getting to the state tournament was was just a huge accomplishment. And, um, you know, I think I think there was a moment where we were at regionals and there was a kid, Pete Pickens, and, um, you know, he he lost in the placing round to go to state. And, you know, I, we worked so hard to get Pete there. And he was just such a great kid. And he came up and he just hugged me and he was like, I love you, coach. He was like, I, I, I did absolutely everything I could. And he's like, he's like, I love you for everything that, 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 that we've done this year. And, you know, he was a senior and he was done. And I think at that moment, uh, I just realized like, you're not just coaching people to win, like you're coaching people for life. And, um, I really need to figure out my purpose now because I really do love this. And, and I think that was a pretty special moment. It wasn't a moment of, you know, we went on to have five champs and win the state title and be top 10 and blah, blah, blah. It was a moment when the kid didn't accomplish what he wanted, but he felt like, um, because of how we pushed him, he, he was just happy to be in that moment. So, you know, that would be the defining moment of when I realized I wanted to coach. That's excellent. Uh, and, and what's something that you learned or that you can learn coaching high school that maybe you can't learn coaching college? Well, I think everybody should be forced to coach high school. Like, I, I think you should have to do your two years, do your time. Um, and uh, you learn how to wear a lot of hats. Uh, you learn how to get things done and be a problem solver. You're everything from the wrestling coach to the strength coach to uh, the tutor to the psychologist, the sports nutritionist. This, this, you know, yeah. uh, you're doing the laundry. You're mopping the mats. Um, you're, there's a lot of value in 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 what high school coaches do. And if you want to be successful, you can't just be a high school coach. You got to be the junior high coach. You got to be the little league. You know, you got to be involved in the little league and 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 really building that foundation of a program. Um, and so. It teaches you how to work, teaches you how to work hard, and that hard work works. And, um, you know, I think wearing a lot of hats is really the main statement that, I, that, that comes to mind is you just you have to do so much. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have a coach that was there to, met, you know, mentor me at Stillwater High to when you're young and, 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 and you're focused on winning, you're full of you're full of piss and vinegar. And you got to learn to relate to a lot of different people. You can't just come in guns blazing all the time. So, you know, it's, the, it's just such a valuable experience from all the things that you learn and how to manage people and work with people and, and manage parents and expectations and communication. Um, you know, everybody should or should coach high school for, for at least two years. Well, and you talk about wearing a lot of hats, like the, the college coach does too. Maybe there are some of the hats overlap, some are different. Maybe there's less overall, maybe not. Um, but you know, it used to be coach runs practice and that's that we know that the, the successful division one coaches now, uh, man, they're fundraising. They're obviously recruiting, you're coaching, you're, you're marketing your program. You're trying to get involved with promotion. Uh, how much of that eats up your time as on top of, all right, three to five with, with coach practice. Man, I spend more time doing those things than I than, than I do coaching. Um, you know, it, I love to spend time working with the guys, but uh, you know, I'm I'm very blessed to have assistant coaches that I trust a lot, and I think that's a big part of being a head coach is is you're not just doing all the things you said, but you're hiring the right people and you're trusting people um, to invest into your athletes and 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 sharpen them and get them to where they want. So there's there's you know. 85% of my time is spent doing the other things. And when I get to do that 15%, that's really my, my, my joy, my enjoyment, right? That's, that's where I get to have fun. That's where I get to, you know, really 
build time with the guys. And, um, man, I, I don't think people understand how much you have to do the things you're saying now the way that college sports has changed. Like, if you're not thinking about fundraising, you're behind. If you're not thinking about, you know, making sure that your brand is visible, you're, you're behind. If you're not thinking about the things coming ahead of the curve and what you have to do to protect your program, like, uh, you can be a good leader by reacting to situations, but a great leader puts you ahead of the curve and, and you can see around that corner and see what's coming. So I think as a you know college head coach, that's one of the main things you have to do is you have to wear a lot of hats and you have to start looking around the corner saying, hey, look, there's a big semi coming. We got to be prepared or, you know, the, based on the new rule changes or the conference realignment, like we got to start focusing on how we're going to get ahead here. And, um, you know, we haven't even touched in recruiting yet. You know, recruiting is, is the lifeblood of a program. So you spend 85, 90 percent of your time doing those things. Sure. And, and one of those things uh, I remember you, you've talked about, you know, you want your events. You, you don't just want wrestling matches to take place. Right. You want I think the word you use is like experience. Um, they from local craft beers to, you know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, why is that important? And what are you trying to do to to to? to stand out how do you build yeah so i mean the first thing yeah yeah the first thing we did was um you know we created an octagon mat we were the first program to have an octagon mat now you know you got big time programs like mizzou virginia tech you know all these teams are starting to to recognize that 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 that, that, that's a cool concept and um so small so subtle so cool right doesn't make it doesn't matter but it's cool and it derived from the fact that like no one's not a lot of people have seen wrestling in Arkansas, but they've seen UFC fights. They've seen yeah. the octagon. So I wanted to correlate that. Um, you know, we do sell different craft beers and we do sell different things in the arena. Um, but you know, we, we really try to focus on the product that we put on the mat and the experience around it is, is what makes people want to come back. And that's, and, you know, we've gotten to where, you know, I think we averaged, you know, a, a little under a thousand people a duel after our first big win. Uh, number one, because when you win, people want to come. But number two, the atmosphere is so much fun. You know, people yelling, people screaming. Um, I'm all over my guys that aren't competing. Like if I don't hear your energy, like you're not doing your job and it takes everybody to be successful. And your role right now might be to make sure that we get that stalling call we need or to, to heckle the other coach to get him flustered. Right. And, um, you know, the experience really makes whether or not someone's going to come back or not. If, if we're putting a poor product in the mat and it's not loud and it's not exciting and it's not like a cool thing to look at, to watch, then people aren't going to come back. And we've noticed a great growth because of our success. But I think it's also because of the little things that we've done with the atmosphere in the mat and putting people really close mat side, making it intimate. And um, it's all kind of create a, a, a cool little experience that people here in Arkansas can only experience at division one level in one place. And that's at little rock. And how do you, uh, how do you get the word out about the program, about the, the events? How do you get people inside the arena other than having a good experience and, and wanting to come back? Man, we, we have, you know, we're, I, I don't know if it's like this other places, but um, I know it's like it when I was in Oklahoma, um, you know, radio sports talk shows are huge things here. Um, they're deeply rooted into every parts of the community. Uh, and so I, I'm kicking down their door to be on their radio, to be on all different times of the day. Um, I've joined the, uh, you know, I've been 
going to the what's called the Little Rock Touchdown Events, which is where they hand out, you know, the Frank Broyles Award, and they and you know they're handing out National Collegiate Football Awards, and I'm there and I'm talking to people, um, you know, joining different clubs like the Rotary Club. There's there's you know 600 something people in the in the Rotary Club that I'm in, and um, we do a lot of community service. We're out in the in you know in the community serving the churches and um, you know serving people in need, uh, and we're trying to just get in front of people to be visible. I mean, I'm running a youth tournament and, uh, you know, my, my guys are all volunteering at, at every youth tournament to ref that, that, you know, if we have a weekend off, you know, especially if they're not wrestling, they're going to go ref. If uh, we're, we're at the U state tournament, they're helping put the mats down, they're help picking them up. And um, I think that service and, and being very visible and constantly trying to um, not just promote yourself, but promote the program and the athletes, uh, in the community, uh, eventually it's, it's, it's going to stick. And it has, I mean, we've gotten more coverage this year leading up to our season. And then once we started finding the success, it was like, you know, three or four days a week, we had different media here asking questions, doing videos, you know, calling in on the radio, doing podcasts. And, uh, it's just really, really accelerated our, our, our visibility. And I think that's important that you have to have a way to relate to the community to continue to get people in the doors. I think that's awesome. And, and obviously you're, you're hustling your ass off and you're, you're putting your face in a lot of places and, and that's what it takes. And I'm sure making sacrifices, you know, you can't spend all your time with, with everybody, right? There's a give and take. So, uh, but you're talking about all these things, you know, your little things you're trying to do to, to make your program better and innovating with the mat and everything else. And I know there's like, there's a bunch of John Smith disciples out there that, you know, there's Papalizio, there's Coleman, there's, yeah. There's, there's Ward, there's, there's, I don't know, like Ten Pop, Pendleton, there's, there's a whole bunch. Um, I know you, you guys get together, you have like a summit once a year, every, every, every once in a while you all get together. I'm sure you have a great time, but I know you, you sit down and you brainstorm coaching and, and you all give little pieces of advice and what you're doing, what's working, what's not. What's like something you've taken from that, one of the bigger things that you've taken from one of your, your peers, your former teammates, um, you're like, oh, I'm going to implement that here. Yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, obviously Coach Smith's influence has greatly influenced us. I mean, you, 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 we, we could probably do a whole, you know, docu-series on John Smith and his coaching tree and how it's impacted the wrestling landscape today. Um, you know, that, that can't be understated. But, you know, I spent a lot of time with Coleman, and um, we kind of grew up in coaching together. And so, you know, a lot of the things that we had to do were, were, were to lean on to other people. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, Chris Pendleton was someone that, that, that I spent a lot of time talking to and working with. And um, I think one of the things that we've really focused on is that, that, that him and I took from each other and, you know, uh, you know, me a lot from him is <clears throat> just this idea of relearning sports science, I guess you would say, and relearning, you know, how the body works and not getting stuck in the mindset of, of wrestling is we, we do things a certain way. And that's really helped, you know, helped open my mind to recovery, to, you know, how we train, the type of things we're doing, um, you know, really paying attention to, I guess you would call cycling of, you know, how your, um, or, or, or periodization, how you're training in periods of times and how you're, you know, replicating that. And um, there's a lot of different things in there that, that I've taken from him and that him and I bounce ideas off each other that have really grown uh, my program drastically. 
And so I think, you know, he was a huge influence and in, in not just in my wrestling career, but also my coaching career as well. Um, you know, and then taking risk, like a lot of our, you know, a lot of these guys, they jump out and they take risk. I mean, you know, Pat Papalizio has been a great representation for all of us of how holding the line and having, you know, strong, you know, strong morals and character and being disciplined uh, takes your program really far. I mean, you can't, you, you, you can't understate how much he's impacted the rest of us in wrestling, watching what he's doing and how he does it quietly. You know, I mean, tell me how many times you've heard Pat Papalizio, you know, complain or, 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 or cry about something. He doesn't, he puts his head down, he works hard, he does it right. He gets the right type of kids and he gets the right, you know, the right people on the bus and in the right seats and year in and year out, he finds a way to get it done. So um, definitely someone that, that I've looked up to and tried to replicate. And um, I don't think you can talk enough about the OSU, you know, the OSU coaching tree, uh, you know, with Branch. I mean, Branch was really the first of our group to, 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 to go out on his own. You know, there's a lot of other OSU coaches like, you know, like um, Coach Glenn at, at Duke and some other ones that have been around. But in the era that I grew up in, you know, Coach Branch took a huge leap of faith, went to Wyoming and started crushing it right away. And so, it, you know, all of those things that, that just kind of opened the door um, for for a lot of us. I mean, Kevin Ward, Kevin Ward, you know, he was working in an oil field and, you know, he took that to Washtenaw Baptist, took him to a top five program within four years and then went to Army and has been doing a great job. Like all these guys have been influenced to a lot of us in their own way. And you can watch them and you can see what they're doing. And you're like, man, I want that. I need that. I need to make sure that I'm, that I'm, you know, implementing that. And I hope that, that we can all grow coaches ourselves that see that and look at what we've done because it's been pretty stinking cool. And, and I'm sure you guys uh, share uh, experiences and, and things that you've done towards your program that have worked and helped. They probably maybe share things that you did that didn't work or, or, roadblocks you didn't see your mistakes you've made and I'm, I'm you and everybody else who's ever coached anything has made a mistake what's like the biggest mistake or a big mistake you made whether you know in your in your coaching you're like oh, don't do that again I had to learn by getting it wrong man I, I would say that my mentality and attitude towards my guys um you need a lot of positivity. You need a lot of encouragement. You know, these guys are working hard and as long as they're giving you the energy that, that you need and the, in in the output they need, um, they need a lot of positive encouragement. And I think that, um, you know, maybe when I was younger, I, I spent a lot of time focusing on the things they weren't doing right and kind of nitpicking them too much instead of encouraging them in the areas they're doing well. And when they do change a small habit or, you know, they have a moment like you, 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 you don't say finally, or I'm glad you listened or whatever, like you encourage them. And you're like, dude, that was fantastic. And you get a lot more out of them. And I think that this, that positive encouragement has been something that I've really shifted my perspective on and how you view your student athletes is super important. It can't just be something that you say, or you try to train yourself to say in the moment. It's like, you got to write down your thoughts about your athlete. And then you got to reframe your perspective about them if you have a negative perspective, because it's easy to get a never, you know, a negative perspective when you're not getting what you want out of a student athlete. And so I think, I, I think that right there has really changed my coaching is just reframing my perspective about my student athletes, 
how I speak to them, how I think about them, and how I communicate with them. All right. Uh, so the success you guys have re- kind of got rolling this season, right? You're in, in a year five. You've yet to have an All-American. Like, how important is it to, to land an All-American or two at, at the end of this year um, or not? It's like, man, we do, we do. If we don't, we'll, we'll, next year. I think one of the best things that we've done is, is we've alleviated pressure from our guys. And in, in it's not about whether they have the outcome. It's about the output and how they win and how they lose. And, um, you know, it can't be understated how, how awesome it would be to have an All-American. It can't be, you know, there, 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 there's not enough words to express how that would just put a cherry on top of this season, right? But um, my focus is not on whether or not we're going to have an All-American. My focus is on how are we going to continue to let the guys feel free to compete and to go out and let it fly and score a lot of points. And I think that um, – if we can, if we keep that mindset and we keep it rolling, uh, when it comes to just that freedom to wrestle in every position and not feel the pressure to have to win or lose, that the outcome is going to be dictated by, you know, the amount of points I score and, and, and the positions I wrestle in. Um, I think we will have an All-American. I think we have some guys that are very capable of that, um, that that are right there in in the mix, and uh, it it would definitely, man, it, it I I would probably do a backflip if 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 we got a uh, all, all American. I haven't done a backflip in a long time. So, don't hurt yourself, bro. <laughs> uh, but what? And, and we're kind of getting close to wrapping up. But what you're saying is, is something I'm hearing a lot, right? Let's not focus on the outcome. Let's focus on effort. Let's focus on positions, one position at a time. Um, I don't feel like it was always that way. And maybe I'm going back 10, 20 years. But uh, do you feel like it? it it's been that way for a long time or you feel like it's trending this direction? I think it's trending this direction. I think if you look at the greats, they've always had that process oriented mindset that they were able to filter uh, moments. They were able to filter things in the right way. Um, you know, they, they, they probably did want to win. You know, also, I don't, I, I don't want to take that away from people. Like pe- pe- people do want to win and we do want to get them to that success. But I think if you look at a lot of the greats, they were able to filter those moments and, 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 and go through the process of going like, look, um, you know, I, I, I'm a freshman and I'm wrestling the, the guy that's weighed above me. You know, he didn't get taken down last year and won a national title. If I can take him down, I can probably beat anybody in my weight. Right. Like, yeah. and so I think that it's definitely trending towards this because you're also seeing other people talk about it. You know, I mean, you know, David Taylor did a big uh, post about it and he was talking about the margin of error. And how when you're focused on scoring points, like the margin of error is much bigger. And when you're focused on the win, it's much smaller. And um, I think that's something that, uh, you know, several of us across the country have been preaching for a few years. And now that you got some very polarizing figures talking about it, like people are jumping on board. Right. So um, I think it's something that's trending and I think it's only going to get better. And um, I think that that keeping that old school toughness about like, you know, I'm hard to kill and I'm going to find a way to win and being process focused is going to be, you know, really successful the next few years. Sure. Uh, last thing, maybe if, if you could, you could, uh, you know, right now talk to the guy who accepted the job five years ago on the day you accepted it, 
what would you tell you know one piece of advice one sentence one you know i got one thing to tell you phone a friend for on one thing you know what is it i think it would be <clears throat> that you know the best thing we did was we stick to we, we stuck to who we were right like i didn't create a program and i didn't recruit to things that i thought people would want to hear and there were a lot of times that i was like man this whole trying to do it right thing is hard. <laughs> it's not working. Right. And I would just say, continue to stay the course because it's going to work out. It's going to come together. And, uh, you know, what we've done is not the pinnacle of what we want to do, but I mean, I don't care what people think it's, it's, it's unbelievable to go to top 25 and be the fastest program ever from scratch. Like that's an incredible thing. And we're going to celebrate that and to continue, um, just stay in the course with the things that are very, very important into who you are at the core and that'll work out in the end. Well, Dan, I didn't even think I realized top, fastest team from scratch to make top 25. Congrats. I knew you guys were rolling. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, man. And, uh, yeah, keep it rolling. You know, you're doing great things. We're going to keep, keep an eye on you. The, the, I think the wrestling world's on notice. Um, we're going to give you the final word though to say, uh, anything else you want to say? Well, first off, you've come a long ways from sleeping on our couch in college, <laughs> going from school to school, Thank filming you. people. So it's really cool to see all the things you're doing. I mean, just grateful for those things. You know, people being able to see the the, the films that you're making. Um, you know, we didn't have that access when I was a kid. It was very much like trying to bootleg some Olympic trial videos or some, some NCA videos, you know, on, on VHS and tape over them and things like that. So thanks for what you're doing. Thanks for you know, making these videos and making and, and creating new dreams for more people. Um, you know, I, I, I'll just say that, you know, the number one thing that I want people to know is that, and, and I made it a point to think it and say it is that God is good. Even when you don't, you know, see him, hear him or feel him. And, and, you know, just through this process, there's been a lot of things that didn't seem like they were going right that ended up being the best. And as long as you keep your focus on him and, you know, your focus on the main thing and, you run the race with a purpose and not, you know, aimlessly and, and, and understanding that, that, that you're running a race for something bigger than yourself. Um, good things happen because hard work works. And if you got a vision and a direction and a foundation you live your life on, um, you know, it, you'll, you'll find your way somehow, some, some way. So I, you know, I really appreciate you letting me be here and share and uh, you know, about what we're doing and, and, and in the direction that we've, that, that we're going and how far we've come. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate the kind words and, and thanks for joining us today. Really excited to, to see you guys keep climbing. So have a great day. Good luck at conference rest of the season and, and NCAAs. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, Neil. You too. Later. Bye. All right, folks. And that's going to do it. Another one in the books. Neil Ayersman doing great things out of Little Rock. Look for them to continue kicking ass. Did I say that? I think so. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.